On YouTube, there's a lot of videos about what it's like to marry or date a doctor. But we're going to be talking to a couple where both are doctors. What does that look like? There's not a lot of information that I saw on YouTube about that. And we're also going to be talking about some of the difficulties with that kind of vibe and relationship, especially when you get into residency. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Nice Veins World Podcast, the number one personal development podcast for healthcare and wellness professionals. I am Nene Pablo, host of this podcast, registered nurse and creator of Nice Veins Bro. And I have a doctor couple here, uh, my best friends. Hello. Please introduce yourselves and your specialty. Oh, my name is Ashley. I am a resident in urology specialty. I am Jamin. I am a resident in family medicine going into orthopedic surgery. Thank you guys so much for uh, being on the podcast. I want to ask, first of all, did you guys meet in medical school? We did. Yeah, we did. Explain yeah. to me, what was the story of when you first laid eyes on each other? Oh. How magical was that moment? <laughs> uh, it might not have been as magical because uh, <laughs> we were not attracted to each other at all in the beginning. <laughs> and we were dating other people at the time. How romantic. <laughs> Okay, and then tell me how that kind of grew into probably, I think it was a friendship at first, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. For some reason, in the first and second year of medical school, we were always put in the same group um, more often than not. So we spent a lot of time studying together in the first couple of years of uh, medical school. And so that developed a, a real friendship in between us and our friend group. And then... As life would have it, in third year of medical school, as we were going through rotations, we were also in the same uh, group of rotations. Um, I started developing feelings for Ash, <laughs> and they were not reciprocated at the time. And so <laughs> I went through my own personal struggle of whether I should tell her, did I want to mess up the friendship, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I mustered up the courage and told her how I felt. And... Again, it wasn't reciprocated at first, but um, or second. we or second, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we thought about it a lot. We prayed about it a lot. And um, yeah, her feelings turned <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest is <laughs> history. Yeah. So I want to talk about the dating relationship first before we even touch residency, because that's a whole nother beast. But uh, relationships during medical school, you've got a lot of pressure, a lot of, you know, time that you have to dedicate towards this. So tell me, ex describe to me a relationship of not just one doctor in that dating relationship, but you're, you're studying to become a doctor and you've got another person who also has a wild schedule. Yeah. One of the biggest difficulties that we faced when we first started dating was the match process. And so for those of you who are not familiar with the medical school matriculation into residency, all medical students have to go through a match process in which they apply to different um, programs of their cho chosen specialty. They interview at those programs, and then there's a rank process in which you rank all the programs that you uh, apply to and get uh, interviews at, and then all the programs have to rank all the applicants that they interview, there's this whole mumble jumbled algorithm process and it spits out a one-to-one -one match, meaning that you can end up at any place that you interview at. That's completely out of your control. I mean, you can try to rank and they try to match it to your highest rank, to the program's highest rank, but you can end up anywhere. And so we faced that challenging scenario when we first started dating. 
Uh, we were both going into competitive specialties. We had interviews all around the country and they didn't necessarily match up at all. And so the real possibility was that we would end up across the United States from each other. And so that factored into our conversations and our decision making as we were dating and going through fourth year of, of medical school as should we continue this relationship even if we had to be long distance for five or six years. And how early on was this in your relationship after you decide, okay, this is what we want? How how far along in the relationship was this kind of like a new precedent that you had to face? What do you think? You know, Oh, it was being, really early. I yeah. think even before we became official, it was already in the conversation just because, you know, as planners in general, we just try to be cognizant of the potential um, of long distance. You know, like, is this something even worth pursuing? Because you know, this means X, Y, and Z because we're going to these different specialties. And so um, it was something that I thought about a lot, you know, because is this even worth trying? Like with the thought that we would have to go down this decision down the road. And do I want to risk this friendship that I have that's really like, special to me? It, it's kind of like, do I focus more on this career or do I focus more on relationship? In a way, in a yeah, way. in a way. Um, because... I mean, you can try to prioritize the two, but that's really tough. So tell me, what were the things that you said, okay, he has to have this. What, what's a good sign that, okay, he has to have these things for me to say this is worth it? Yeah, as I started to talk and really get to know Jamie and as a person, outside of just being in friends, um, we found out that we have very much in common in terms of our values and what I'm looking for a partner. And uh, over time, uh, I realized that he met a lot of the things that I was looking for in a partner. And like, regardless of where we end up, like being with him as a part, like a future life partner was, became a priority to me. Uh, and like, I knew I wanted to be with him uh, regardless of where we end up physically and, and regardless of what specialty we ended up in. You say, I see this guy, he has, <laughs> he has the values that I really want in a, in a husband. So I'm willing to go through these sacrifices. Right. You know, I'm, t I'm willing to take these sacrifices. Yeah. And I think that transcends not only in the medical field, but across a lot of other like professional, um, uh, jobs and careers too. Job versus love. Yeah. <laughs> Job versus yeah. love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's, that's it's a like thing. a movie. Yeah. I mean, it's like that thing where they're, Oh, who do I choose? Who yeah. do I, what do I do? My, my calling or my, the love of my life or whatever. The reason why it's so interesting is because the scheduling a lot, a lot of times is a lot more difficult, you know, in medical school, you know, because it's so conflicting. So the time that you spend together may not be as often as to other people who may have, you know, every weekend off or something. Or talk to me about transitioning into now you graduated, you made it through medical school and tell me about what you're thinking, okay, you know, we're gonna get married and what does residency look like now? I think really choosing the right partner really makes or breaks this whole experience moving forward. And I think that was something that Ashley and I didn't even r realize, but we, we saw the qualities in each other that we knew would be great life partners together, regardless of where we ended up, regardless of what we were doing. The amazing thing about it was as we got married and as we started this partnership together, we realized that we made each other better. 
and we pushed each other to succeed in our chosen specialties. And I think both of us would say that we wouldn't be where we were professionally without the partnership that we have with each other. And it's not all, you know, roses and, and, and lilies. I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of difficulties, um, you know, that we have faced. And, you know, the biggest thing is time. Both of our schedules are very um, strenuous and oftentimes we're on completely different times where I'm working on days and she's working on nights. Our work schedules don't inter- interlap at all, overlap at all. And so I'll get home at 7 p.m. and she leaves for work at 5 p.m. She gets home at 6 p.m. at 6 a.m. and I leave for the hospital at 5 a.m. And so we, you know, there there were times where we didn't see each other, you know, for a week because we were completely off off schedules. Mm-hmm. Our personalities work where we don't require, we don't need to be with each other 24-7. But I think everyone needs time spent with each other sure. to develop your relationship, to grow, to support each other. And we realized that early on that. Um, we had to prioritize our time together when we had it. And so we really worked on quality time together because we knew that we didn't have quantity of time together. Yeah, I I was going to ask, the follow-up question would be, in those moments where you have just a sliver of a time, how do you maximize those moments together? Yeah, I mean, I think we have, in general, set up rules that we try to follow. Like, whenever we have a weekend together, we'll take like a nice dinner or like a date together or mm-hmm. a date night. And we check with each other and how we're doing, um, like mentally and like emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we need each other? What are we doing well? What do we need more of from each other? Uh, or just in general, you know, mm-hmm. at work and, um, and just trying to listen to each other and putting phones away, you know. That's I think, huge, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I'll, we can do better on that, but. Yeah. <laughs> but there's always room for <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> but I think it's great. I mean, when I when I think of my my own relationship, there's always this moment during the week, and of course, we spend probably more time with each other than you know someone who has heavy schedules like you guys. But there has to be, regardless, a moment in our week where we've got to maximize and prioritize a communication where what you said is there, which is what do you need from me? What can I do better? Uh, what are things that are going, that is working for us? Because when you have those sort of like family comp or family meetings, I guess, you know, that kind of like business meetings, mm-hmm. you address some of the things that kind of often get uh, slipped under the rug if you don't address them. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of times it's very easy to go on autopilot and sometimes, especially when things get really busy at work, um, you kind of go on this like cycle and then you kind of forget like, oh, yeah, this is the other person living in my house, too. Yeah. Um, so it's important to check in not only for yourself, but for your other half. Yeah. I think that another thing that we've noticed has been really helpful for us is processing difficult things in the hospital uh, with each other. And I, I know talking to other um doctor couples or doctors that uh, are married to um, people that are not in the medical field, they like to leave their work at, at work and don't like to talk shop at home. And I think there's, I think there's some value in that for sure. Um, just leaving everything there and just, you know, keeping your personal life separate. But I think that because um, Ash and I are so committed at work, not to say that other people aren't, but it's such an emotionally draining and difficult job that, one of the ways that Ash and I have felt found helpful to cope with that is to discuss our cases, to 
discuss difficult scenarios with each other when we get home. And what's just been so helpful, we can uniquely empathize and understand each other's stories and, and scenarios because we're both doing the same right. thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you have someone who is in in a way, you know, it, it's a phrase that people use, but married to their medical profession. Some people feel like it's really good and refreshing because they come home and they don't constantly have that medical kind of uh, talk all the time. But other people, like you said, you're able to empathize with some of the things that she's going through and, and understand some of the stress that she she deals with at the hospital because you are literally going through it as well in a different in a different specialty but yeah i think sometimes we have like shared experiences like a difficult patient or like um difficult family discussion and we're like oh well we've also gone through that experience so i totally understand how you're feeling whereas maybe someone else in not in medicine have no idea and so you kind of have to like hash that out a little bit more or like explain a little bit more what's going on right a lot of the medical jargon you know she'll still say hey I, like i did a hole up yesterday or turbot yesterday and yeah. unless you were a doctor you would or I, well really you're a, gonna have a to surgeon. spend time explaining exactly it. like well first of all this is what this means and this is what the type of procedure you know that is and you know for me i, I know all those you're things. like doing patient education at home and it's exactly like, yeah. that's, do i have to okay. bring double work <laughs> So I want to talk about something that I feel like there's got to be so much trust between a relationship where there's a demanding job because a lot of times and everyone's built differently, but some people need more of that quality time, more of that attention in a relationship. And other people are more, you know, you can do your thing, I can do my thing, and we don't have to be 24-7, like you said earlier. I think that, you know, marriage requires so much trust on so many levels when you are becoming life partners and, you know, working together in the in most difficult parts of life. It requires so much trust. The medical field is a really stressful place. You know, doctors are humans just like everyone else, and so... Uh, to cope with the difficulties of the job. Doctors often, you know, go to healthy and not healthy coping mechanisms. Right. It's also very time intensive. Mm -hmm. And so um, you will see doctors that are at work so much and their partners are at home, you know, not together. And so for some marriages, that's just that, you know, that can't work. And then also because you're away from each other a lot, there's opportunities for infidelity with stress, with you know, bad coping mechanisms and, and all those different things. Um, there's also power dynamics of power they have, the money that they have, you know, for some people, that's something that's attractive to others. I mean, there's a lot of different factors there. Um, and, you know, that's these are things that we've talked about with the jobs that we have. I think we've chosen very early on that guarding each other's hearts and taking care of each other is our utmost priority. And we have shown each other not only through our words, but through our actions that we prioritize each other. As much as our job requires our devotion and our attention, um, we will prioritize each other. And, you know, a few ways that we do that is um, by trying not to take on more things than we should. Um, you know, medicine has a way of sucking you in and, and making you want, like, wanting you to do more and more and more. But we, we're learning to try to set boundaries so that... Um, you know, we can balance that 
and being good residents and being good doctors with, you know, uh, being a good husband and a good wife and, and taking care of each other and trying to take care of ourselves as well. Communication is really important. I think, you know, even when we're in the hospital, we try, we communicate with each other. And I think that kind of helps, although we're away, we're, you know, on each other's hearts and minds, but also like trying to support each other. I think infidelity is something that anyone can face, but because of the pressure cooker of medicine, it unfortunately is something that is, is prevalent. And I think being open and honest with each other, trying to support each other, keeping each other's best interests in mind is, you know, what has helped us so far. Yeah, I totally agree. And just being like transparent with each other, you know, saying, oh, I'm at 20% today. Like I cannot, like I have nothing. I'm so tired. Like I have to go to bed by X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Uh, can we reschedule this to another time? You know, first acknowledging that in yourself mm. um, and learning yourself and then also understanding your partner and meeting the needs of them because i think you really have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of your partner or even that's such a good point i mean there's been many times where we've had like scheduled date nights or where there's been times where like i've cooked supper for you you've cooked supper for me but we've had to stay long in the, in the hospital or in the operating room and it's those times where because we uniquely understand each other's demands and also we challenge each other to be the best doctors we can be if ash was in a scenario and this has happened many many times is if ash is in a late case i would want her to stay late and to finish the case take care of the patients rather than you know trying to get out as much as possible to get on to get home on time to spend time with me because i want her to be a good surgeon i want her to be you know the best doctor she can be and provide the best care for her patients and she would want the same for me and so there's times where we have to put you know our own desires and and our own time together on hold and and we understand that you know because this is the commitment that we've made with each other and with our jobs man that is so good let's say there is a a a couple watching this or let's say there's somebody who's in a relationship and they are, you know, wondering if it's even possible to be in a relationship with someone who's maybe doing the same thing where it's like almost competitive, Mm. uh, where, Hey, I need more attention or I want you to, I want to root for you in your job. They're struggling with being in a relationship. What are those qualities that make your relationship flourish and successful? There are so many. It always comes back to realizing that you are one team. And so the other person's success is also my success. And because I think we also know that there's no way that, again, like I said before, there's no way that we would be where we are right now and the successes that we've had and the struggles that we've had without each other. I'm really blessed because I have just such an amazing partner. Ash is just so intelligent. She's, she, I mean, she's just, is very, very good at what she does in so many different areas that it's just easy to be her partner because she's so good at taking care of things herself. And we've been through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows with each other. What I continue to hear, y'all, is it requires to be selfless because if you are centered on your needs, Ashley, and, you know, I need attention from you. I need I need your time. I need all of this, which... Every relationship needs those things because you see his successes as your successes, you know, you push him and the same vice versa. You push the other person to be better, do better and do what they got to do. Take care of business. Like you said, if she, you know, stays longer because she needs to finish a case, that is self-sacrifice because you are focused on the needs of the other person, not only the needs of the other person, the needs of the patients. Right. So it's selfless all around. 
all around. And it's like you taking care. It's like the epitome of you taking care of the other person before yourself. That That is an amazing thing that I think any relationship really needs. But it's definitely demonstrated when your job and your career is so demanding. Real shortly, if you'll just answer why is the sacrifices that y'all have made for each other, why are those sacrifices worth it? You know, I, I think the reason why we are taking a long time to think about it is because um, we are in the midst of the sacrificing right now. You know, we are in the midst of really hard training. And there are times where the training can get so difficult that it's hard to see the end goal, you know, to hard to see the reason why. Um, and 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 there are many, but the work can get very all-consuming at times. You know, taking a step back and looking at our journey from the beginning, you know, the dream and the desire to be a doctor has been something that we both wanted to do for a long time. There's just so much that we find personal fulfillment and joy in in the practice of medicine you know being able to interact with people at their lowest points and being able to offer solutions to be able to heal to be able to just sometimes just be present with them in their darkest days um, is something that both Ashley and I find a lot of fulfillment in and then you know, on top of that with surgery uh, being able to offer yourself as a patient to the surgeon and say hey I have this problem fix me and we recognize that the struggles of residency are required um, to a certain degree to get us trained so that we would be will be competent physicians and be able to provide the care that we want to provide in the future. I love that. Um, I think that the best physicians are those who take the idea of being the best doctor and take it further and say, how can I be not just the best physician that I can be in my work, but the best person I can be? In my, in my personal life because they know that that in turn helps them be the best physician as well. You know, the sacrifices that you make for each other at the end benefits the patient because it affects, I mean, your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health translates over to how you treat, how you care, how you love your patients. And that in the end is really the fulfilling thing, right? is for you to see the work that you've done impact many people in a positive light and achieving, like y'all said, um, personal growth. That's where that fulfillment comes from. And I thank you guys so very much for being on the podcast. And hopefully somebody who's watching this uh, got tidbits of, uh, you know, the the golden uh, advice that these two have. <laughs> Even though they're in the process, I think it's so great to see the growth uh, the, the two of you have had. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, you know what to do. Subscribe. Hit that button. Hit that like button. And if you're watching on a podcast platform, please leave a five-star review. They're going to leave five-star reviews as well. So do what the do what the physicians say to do, right? Oh That's the prescription oh for today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much uh, for watching. Remember to be a positive force and influence within healthcare and society. Que Dios me lo bendiga. When I would listen to podcasts before I became a podcaster myself, I didn't realize how much leaving a five-star review helped. And so now on this side, I just want you to know that it really does mean a whole lot when people review and share the content 
So if you enjoyed it, please share it with somebody and leave a five-star review on whichever platform you use, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And if you're interested, you can also find us on social media at NiceVeinsBro or shop online at NiceVeinsBro.com. My personal stuff you can find under Nene Pablo, which is spelled N-E-N-E, P-A-B-L-O. I spend most of my time on YouTube making vlogs and videos and on Instagram. So I would love to connect with you. And remember, be a positive force and influence within healthcare and society. It's all about God, wellness, and purpose here. Thank you for listening.